Guten Tag. Bonjour. Good morning. Nakwimuna. Hey yo. Um, this is your first time to King's Church. Welcome. Um, my name's Dave, and you've come to a church with a great football team. Played yesterday. The two matches prior to yesterday were on 8 0 and 4 1. 5 1, sorry, wasn't it? 8 0 and 5 1. Yesterday's game, they lost 4 1. <laughs> but, but they are still a great football team. Let's give them a round. Footballers, can you just stand up? Any of the footballers here, just stand up where you are. Stand up. Don't be shy because of yesterday's result. I want, us, I want us to do something. Stay standing. I want us to just look at them and say, you are a great football team. That's who you are. Femi, don't blame the referee. And I heard what you said to him, and we won't go into that. But you, you, sit down, sit down. You're a great football team. That's the only... That I, my normal source of information would not say anything. All I got from my normal source of information about the football match was, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> and I thought, well, actually, son, <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a bad thing to do. Because sometimes what we speak can cause all sorts of problems and difficulties. We are not poor people. We are people that might go through a bad experience, but we're people who are more than conquerors because of him who loves us. And I want to speak this morning. I want to carry on on, on again following what Richard said when we talked about Christ. When Richard talked about Christ, the crucified king, I came in the following week, talked about Jesus, Lord of my relationships, all about what Jesus had done at the cross. When we, Richard talked about Christ, the resurrected king, I preached about Jesus, Lord of my time, because of all the new dimension of time that we moved in. Last week, Richard talked about Christ, the ascended king. And I want to say, because Jesus has ascended, Jesus today is Lord of my confessions. He's Lord of the way I speak. Um, you cannot change the way you live unless you change the way you speak. See, why does Jesus ascending particularly refer to my confessions, to what I say? Philippians 2, let's turn to it again. Philippians 2 verse 8 says this, Being found in appearance as a man, Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Because... He's ascended. It means that God has given him the name above every other name. And that refers to what I confess. Now, the Greek word confess, if you look it up at BibleToolStudies.com, will we'll, we'll tell you homo, meaning together, and logos, meaning the word uttered by a living voice. In confessing something... 
I agree, homo, I agree with the word uttered by another living voice. So, one day, at the name of Jesus, every single person, every one of us in this room, everyone living in Manchester, Stockport, and wherever you've come from today, every single person will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. We will all one day put our living voices with the living voice of God the Father and we will agree with him, actually, you're right. Jesus is Lord. However, that's in the future. But today, right now, I know it's going to happen one day. And even if you don't know it's going to happen one day, today you can choose maybe for the very first time to say, right now, in this present moment in time, I am going to agree with the living voice of the Father. I'm going to put my living voice with his voice and I'm going to bring the future back into the present and I'm going to agree with the Father and say Jesus is Lord. I'm going to confess that even though I, I, I agree now with Ephesians 1.22 that God has placed all things under his feet and in doing that I also agree with Hebrews 2 verse 8 that says with my physical eyes we don't yet see all things under his feet but I'm agreeing with something that is so certain in the future that it becomes a living reality to me now and I say Jesus is Lord and the Bible says when I do that I only do it 1 Corinthians 12 I only do it by the power of God the Holy Spirit but at that moment I am saved I become a Christian I become a believer I become a follower of Jesus and I'm saved because I've done that and today You know, everyone who agrees with people that are from a confession of the future, but with God's people, we're telescoped backwards into the present and we're God's tomorrow people living today. Um, The ascended Lord Jesus uh, sends the person and power of God, the Holy Spirit, into me, as we heard last week, into me so that I can make that confession with faith. That as we heard in the prophetic word that Joseph brought this morning, that I can say it and believe in my heart. Even as I say it, what am I doing? As it was prophesied to us, I get my faith out. Dust it down. Speak it out. Jesus is Lord. Um, you see, your faith that you need to get out and dust and work with and believe, your faith grows with good confessions. What we say really matters. It's important what we say. Matthew 12, 36, 37, Jesus says that we will one day stand before him and give an account for every word that we've spoken, every idle word. We'll have to account for that. And, and by our words, he says, we're either justified or condemned. Our lives depend on what we say. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. You say Jesus is Lord by the Holy Spirit and you have a measure of faith. Romans 12 verse 3 tells us that everyone who's a believer has a measure of faith. How can you grow in your faith? By listening to good confessions. Confessions where there are living voices agreeing with the voice of God. Let me just confess some good confessions over you uh, by the Spirit. And feel free this morning to say amen if you agree. Because when you say amen, you make that confession your confession. 
So let me just say some things over you. You have a supernatural identity. You are no longer an orphan. You're a child of God. You don't sin. You live holy. You're free. You're loved. You're powerful. So why don't we speak out confidently more often by the Holy Spirit in line with what God says about us? Say the same as God says about you. Be humble enough to agree with God about what he says about you. Be confident in who God says you are and agree with him by confessing it. Don't interrogate God's word, what God says about you, uh, and get the shining spotlight of your past experience and past failures and say, well, that can't be true. I'm going to interrogate the word of God with my past experience. Instead, why don't you interrogate your insecurities with the security of God's word and turn it around as your living voice agrees with God's living voice and you say, yes, I believe I am more than a conqueror. Uh, why don't you give your insecurities some oral waterboarding treatment and just bombard your insecurities with the promises of the word of God and speak them out and confess them. Since when was insecurity a fruit of the Holy Spirit? You're, in, you're secure in God, so speak out confidently. As you do, religious people, be warned, religious people might call you arrogant. But you're actually walking, as you agree with what God says about you, you're walking in humility and not uh, pride. I would rather, I would rather men and women thought me arrogant and the father say about me, that's my boy, uh, than the father be saddened about the silly things I said about myself and the father look and say, I sent my son so you didn't have to be like that. I sent my son so you didn't have to say that. True humility comes from agreeing with the Father in heaven what your Father says about you. If you can't agree with him, best be like the footballers who lost the match and say, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, Just be quiet. Do you remember Zechariah? the father of John the Baptist. He was told one day by nobody less than the angel Gabriel he was going to have a son. And he starts to question it. In Luke 1.18, you can read it. He starts to question this and says, but I'm too old, my wife's too old, and in fact she's been barren all her life. And so Gabriel basically says to him, shut up your face. If you can't speak faith, shut up your face. Uh, and... and, and So he's literally shut up until after the birth of John the Baptist. And then uh, as his faith comes, he gets his faith out and dusts it and starts to speak. And some of the things he says, you can read about it, are wonderful. Luke 1, 74, 75, he starts to prophesy, speak in line with what God says. And he says, this is a promise fulfilled that God would rescue us from the hand of our enemies so that we could serve him without fear and 
being holy and righteous before God as long as we live. Well done, Zechariah. (laughs) You're speaking good stuff now. You've got it right. This is agreeing with God that we can be holy and live righteous before God as long as we live. You're getting it. You're speaking it out. Um, Let's kick into notion, even as Zechariah did, I'm a sinner, that thought, let's kick into note, into touch the notion that says I'm a sinner and let's agree with God, I'm a saint. Let's live in the promises of God and agree with him rather than agree with our past experience. Have you heard yourself talking, some of you? Have I heard myself talking? Martin Lloyd-Jones Uh, said this. He said, have you realized most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you're listening to yourself rather than talking to yourself? Faith is a supernatural gift that comes from God. And faith, Romans 10, 17, faith comes. It isn't something you work up. Faith comes by hearing. Uh, The person you hear most is yourself. The most dangerous enemy to your faith is you. Hearing your own opinionated opinions about yourself. Your opinionated opinions about yourself could destroy you. The most faith-building friend to your faith is you. (laughs) You, hearing yourself, agree with God's opinionated opinions about you. Do you understand? God has an opinion about you. God has very strong opinions about you. Don't faff around for years speaking negatively, speaking critically, (laughs) speaking miserably, and then wondering why you're not growing in your faith. Understand that God the Holy Spirit is inside you and you've been raised to a new life in Christ. The more you understand that, the more you'll speak the truth which will build up your faith and make you grow. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, We walk by faith, not by sight. So we believe because we see it, yes? No. We see it because we believe. Faith is agreeing with God before you see it. Before you see it. So to walk by faith is to agree with God and speak out your agreement before you actually see with your physical eyes what God says is going to happen. Romans 12 verse 2 says, be transformed by really trying harder. Yes? Romans 12 verse 2 says, be transformed, be changed by renewing your mind. The biggest problem you have is not the way you act. The biggest problem you have is the way you believe. Your beliefs affect all your actions. Um, It's impossible. It's impossible Uh, To renew your mind and not be transformed. Impossible. You renew the way you think and you will be changed. How about the word came this morning, believe. 
How about we start believing that we can live in the presence of God? Yes. Amen. That we can feel and know his presence. That there's no need to beg, no need to plead, that you can enter his presence anywhere, any place, any time. By faith, believe that you can sit, stand, dance, raise your hands in his presence and experience that tangible presence of God. Wednesday, uh, Tuesday morning, the early morning prayer meeting. Great time. We normally come and we just have a time of just entering his gates with thanksgiving and then we go into praying for things. We just came in and for ages we just, we just sang and enjoyed his presence in a way that was so, there wasn't a great number of people there. It was 6.45 a.m. on Tuesday morning. But it was a time um, of just feeling the presence of God, worshipping him and with our sanctified imaginations just picturing ourselves in the throne room of heaven just and it was precious it was beautiful Tuesday morning in the middle of Manchester knowing God's presence God speaking to us and telling what we were doing he really liked and that our praise and our worship and our adoration of him was from Manchester rising up to him like a sweet smelling like an aroma that that was beautiful in his nostrils precious moment um why not believe that you can receive something of an impartation of his presence. That just as when you go to a petrol station, you know, and you, you put the thing in the spout, the, the nozzle in, in your car, petrol tank, and you just hear it glug, 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 and then it spills over if it's not adjusted right onto your shoe. I know lots of them cut out now. But why not believe that, that, that you can actually be in his presence? And whether or not, just as you don't see what's going into the petrol tank, whether or not you see or hear or feel something, by faith you can believe that you are soaking, as you commit yourself to being in his presence, that you are soaking up, regardless of whether you feel warm, shaking, hot or whatever, that you are actually soaking up the presence of God as with your sanctified imagination, you began to imagine yourself in the throne room of God with angels worshipping and adoring. You say, this is heaven on earth. And I'm in his presence and it's filling me and overflowing me. Just, you know, just being filled with the presence and power of God, the Holy Spirit, baptizo. Richard talked about it the other week. Baptizo means to, to, to be immersed and, 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 and soaked. In Acts 19... We read about Paul's handkerchief and, 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 and aprons, and, and we read that there were things going on that so wonderful, so soaked in the presence of God was he, that people walked by, and if they touched the handkerchief, touched his skin, it captured something of the presence of God that they took the handkerchief and laid it on someone who was ill, someone who was sick, someone who was dying, and that person was healed. Get this, Jesus didn't die on a cross so that handkerchiefs could be filled with the presence and power of God. He did it so that you and I could be filled with his presence. If a handkerchief can be filled with his presence, if an apron can be filled with his presence, how much more can we soak up his presence that to lay hands on the sick and see them healed is not odd to us at all? Fantastic testimony from Roger this morning. I've uh, been praying for it, but praise God, he went to a connect group. 
Praise God that people in the connect group laid hands on him and said, be healed. People obviously full of the Holy Spirit. Maybe they didn't even realize how full they were and weren't sure what was going to happen. How about we start to believe? Every time I come to worship on a Sunday morning, I'm just going to soak in his presence. I'm going to drink it in until I'm full to overflowing. You see, sometimes... Just, just listen to at home maybe or in the car. Just listen to a worship CD, sing a worship song, but get beyond the words of the song. Get beyond the lyrics. Worship is a, is a, and praise is a great way into his presence. But as you worship, feel free to use that sanctified imagination that, that I, I'm in the presence of God. I, I see with my imagination, which is righteous. I see angels. I see things. And I, I sense his presence. See, Habakkuk sets the scene in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1. He says, I will watch and see what the Lord will say. How can you see what the Lord will say? There's something beyond words. You see, sometimes at a subconscious level, I believe, we can limit God from speaking to us because we're straining with our natural ears to hear what he's saying. Um, or even with the ears of our spirit, Habakkuk understood that God isn't limited to speaking with language. Sometimes we're waiting for him to speak to our ears and he's just wanting to speak to our heart. Um, our highest calling as loved lovers, loving others, is not to teach about God, but to reveal him. Unless we experience and soak up his presence our relationship becomes something that's literally all in the mind rather than actual and real and in our spirits and in our inner beings. Uh, we know about it, but we can't. let's be people who live soaked, who live drenched, who live saturated, who live pickled with the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. Sometimes Philippa and myself, we talk and talk and talk. Uh, there's other times when we're just quiet with each other. When we lived in Congo, middle of Africa, little village for 10 years, but what we would do sometimes is we'd light a log fire, sit outside, the stars you could just see, and we sat in our wicker chairs and we held hands and watched the logs go from a big fire, uh, and we just didn't talk. Uh, and we'd watch the stars, we'd watch the satellites, because you're right near the equator, watch the satellites going up. Occasionally, very occasionally, we saw a shooting star. Uh, and since we've come back um, and lived in, 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 in Manchester, we've actually uh, just recently treated ourselves to a log-burning fire in the front room. And, and we love it. And we've replicated some of that. And sometimes we'll just sit there watching the logs go down. And the only bit of conversation might be, ooh, a spark there. Uh, <laughs> and we'll just sit and we're not talking to one another. We're just enjoying one another's presence. Let me tell you, if you're married, a good secret to, 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 to a better marriage is I've discovered this the hard way, so I'll pass it on to you. But sometimes those moments of just being together, not feeling you've got to talk, holding hands maybe or whatever, just watching the fire go down, means when you do talk, the words are so good. The words are so good. They're good words that come. Some of you are just rushing around everywhere, getting everything ready, then you begin to speak. They're not such good words. <laughs> I've learned the hard way. <laughs> so get a log fire. No, that's not my point. My point is, 
you know, let's in the presence of God just know what it is. Not to always come with our shopping lists or think we've got to pray harder, pray longer because we're fasting and praying. Let's just be people who know what it is. To, I'm in your presence, Lord. It's good. I don't feel I have to say anything. You don't even have to say anything, Lord. I'm just enjoying your presence. Then when you do speak, it's so different. So much better. Um, you see, our identity, just like the King's Church football team, doesn't depend on our experience. Our identity uh, doesn't determine our, uh, you know, uh, uh, our identity determines our experience, not the other way around. I set the course of my life with my words. See, remember Numbers 13 and 14. Twelve spies were sent to spy in Canaan. Ten were bad, two were good. What did they see to spy in Canaan? Ten were bad, two were good. Some saw the giants tough and tall. Some saw the grapes in crusters fall. Some saw that God was in it all. Ten were bad, two were good. Sunday school song. Uh, but ten were bad, two were good. You, you, you... There are those who believe they can and those who believe they can't. Ten spies. We can't do it. It's too impossible. There's giants there. We seem like grasshoppers in their eyes. Two, Joshua and Caleb. We can certainly do it. Both, both of them got it right. The ten, they never did go in. The two, they did. You determine the course of your life with your words. What you believe about yourself this morning will either tie you up in your personal wilderness that you're wandering around in, or it will set you free to go into the promised land that God's got before you. Romans 6 verse 11, hear the word of the Lord, you are dead to sin and alive to Christ. Joel chapter 3 verse 10, let the weakling say, I am strong. Not denying any realities. It's not let the weakling say, I'm not weak. No, let the weakling say, I am strong. I'm agreeing. I'm confessing with what God says about me. My identity is in the promises of God. That's why agreeing with them, confessing them is important. Um, see, the tongue is so important. Life and death in the power of a tongue, Proverbs 18:21. James 3, uh, verses 3 to 5, James talks about a bit in the mouth of a horse controls a whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship, uh, you know, it, in the hands of a captain, it sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. And so he says, a word, a little word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly everything or destroy it. See, one of the main reasons we say things that are not in line with what God says is our speaking out our agreement with past experience rather than God's promises. A few years ago, I planted a pear tree in our back garden on the border with the neighbor's fence. It was, let's get this right, its identity was, as far as I was concerned, I read the label when I bought it from the shop, a pear tree. I planted the pear tree on the border with the neighbor's fence. The neighbor has a huge weeping willow tree and the pear tree grew and no pears came on it. Now, if it were able to speak, it probably would have said to me, I'm just a little weed. I can't produce pears. I'm no good. I would have said to it, you lying pear tree. I've paid a price for you. 
I bought you from the garden center and I planted you so that you would produce fruit. And kicked it, probably. <laughs> but it, we didn't have that sort of conversation. Back to reality. Yeah, we didn't have that sort of conversation. Um, but you know what? It then did produce fruit. And then the neighbor's willow branches started come over it. And you start... And it hasn't produced fruit last year again because the willow tree has overwhelmed it. And we need to talk to the neighbor about that, but that's another story. But, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. It's still a pear tree. Your identity as a child of God, you are expected to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You're expected to produce those fruits. You will produce them. It's who you are. Jethro Ricardo must be the youngest baby in the church community at the moment. It's got a ring to it, hasn't it? Jethro Ricardo. Going for, I don't know, it's wannabe Italians, I think. Um, but, 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 but Jethro Ricardo, what would happen to baby Jethro Ricardo um, if he determined his future? How old is he now? Around about three weeks, Goffo. Jethro? Yeah, three weeks. Imagine he tried to determine his future based on his past. He would think, I've never walked before, so I don't think I've got the gift of walking. I have the gift of goo-gooing, so all I'm going to do in life, I could never be like other people. I see all my gift is just goo-gooing. I haven't got the gift. No, he's not going to do that, we trust. He's going to look at his dad, Ricardo, and he's going to see his dad up and walking and say, I can do that because I'm his son. Watch his dad playing football. Not as he played yesterday, but on the other game. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play football like my dad one day. We too, come on, King's Church. We too determine our future, not by looking at our past experience and what we have or haven't yet accomplished. We look at our Father in heaven. We look at him whose name has been given to us, which is the name above every name. Unto us a son is born, unto us a child is born, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, talking about Jesus. And we look at him and we say, I'm going to be like him. That's who I am. I can raise the dead. I, can, I haven't done it yet, but I will do, because I'm like him. Um, See, as we determine our future based on God's promises, we'll mature into the lifestyle and beliefs that Jesus walked in. I do what I see the Father doing. Uh, see, when we know what our identity is, we can prophesy and confess our future regardless of our past experience. Let the weak say, I am strong. We are a prophetic people. Um, in Romans 4 verse 17... God, our Father, is described as one who gives life to the dead and who calls into existence things that do not yet exist. Do you understand? When you carry the word of the Lord in you, you have the ability. This is getting your faith out and dusting it this morning. You have the ability to call into being things that do not now exist. Romans 4, 17, that verse I've just read is all in the context about 
Abraham. Abraham. See, in Genesis 17, verse 5, Abraham, who was 80 years old at the time, had no children. His wife, um, Sarah, was barren. And God spoke to him and said to him, Abraham, you're no longer going to be called Abraham, but I'm changing your name to a name that means father of a multitude. Abraham. <laughs> and uh, he got the ha in his name. Abraham. And he was called the father of a multitude. 80 years old when that happened. 81. What's your name? Abraham. You've got no children. My name is Abraham, father of a multitude. 82. What's your name? Abraham. 83, 84, 85, 86, 87, 88, 89, 90. Hello, Abraham. No, that's not my name. My name's Abraham. 91, 92, 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99. What's your name? Abraham. I'm the father of a multitude. I love what it says in Romans 4. It says his faith didn't waver at all. It certainly did. Ishmael, what was all that about? The way he treated his wife. But, but God's perspective was, he's got it. And that encourages me because I know I'm a bit like that myself. And so are you, if you're honest. But God sees the bigger picture. He sees you today and says, fantastic, you're still here. You're still believing. In spite of those things, in spite of those hurts, in spite of those upsets, in spite of those disappointments, you're still believing in the fact you're here. I'm still calling you Abraham. I'm still calling you the promises of God that are over you are still there for real. 100, he has uh, Isaac. And, uh, fantastic. Uh, you know, I want to say to us, all of us, he, he, when he, the word first came to himself, he stood in a mirror and... <laughs> looked at himself. This is about having babies, man. He looked at himself and, and, and thought, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm not up to it. <laughs> I, I can't do it anymore. And, and considered himself dead. All of us have got dead areas in our lives. That unbreakable habit, that nagging depression, that illness, Perhaps that relationship issue that keeps cropping up with a spouse, that job that you don't seem to be getting that you're looking for. Everyone at least has one area in life that looks really dead. It's screaming at us just as having children screamed at Abraham, this looks impossible. The Lord asks you today, can these dead areas live? Have you got your faith out and dusted it down? Can it live again? It's time to make Jesus Lord of your confessions. Let's call into being today things that are not and call them as though they were. Amen. Ezekiel, standing before, in Ezekiel 37, standing before a valley of dry, scorched, bleached, white, dead, dry bones. The Lord says to him, can these bones live, Ezekiel? Ezekiel gives the right answer, you know, Lord. Uh, you see, then the Lord says to him, go on then, Ezekiel, I want you to speak to the dry bones. I want you to prophesy to the bones. Ezekiel speaks, dead, dry bones, live. Hear the word of the Lord. He speaks to the wind, speaks to the spirit. The breath of God comes on them. They come together and start to move as a mighty. And you know the story. Uh, 
One of the greatest ways to break off hopelessness is to prophesy over ourselves. You don't even have to go and find a prophet. You can prophesy over yourself. Let the weakling say, I am strong. Uh, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Your identity is shaped by your past or is it shaped by the promises of God? Your answer to that question will determine whether God's seemingly laughable promises over your life are going to happen. Uh, you must have seen the magician, you know, pulling the rabbit from the, the hat and he says, abracadabra, from nothing comes something. Uh, abracadabra in Hebrew, that's what the words come from. I've spoken to a professor of theology about this who reads the Bible in, in, in original Hebrew. And he says, that... It means, it means, I will create as I speak. I will create as I speak. Abara Kadabar. I will speak, I will create as I speak. Job 22, verse 8, there's a wonderful verse there that says, You will decree a thing and it will be established for you. Um, see, sometimes God's power is simply manifest when He just speaks the word. Let there be light. Kapow, there's light. Other times his word comes and it comes on a journey and it has to be returned to him before it accomplishes something. It's the same with Jesus is Lord. The father says Jesus is Lord. That means that does nothing for any of us unless we confess and we agree with the father that Jesus is Lord. That's when we're saved. Just hearing it, just knowing it doesn't do a thing for you. Sorry. You have to speak. You have to confess. So Isaiah 55, we read there that, that the Lord, word of the Lord that goes out from his mouth is on a mission. It shan't return to empty, but shall accomplish that, the purpose for which I sent it. So when we release the power in God's word, we release it by returning it to him. Jesus speaks, the church hears what he says, and then the church speaks. And the word is accomplished. Hebrews 4 verse 12. The word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. The word double-edged there, it literally means a, 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 a twin-mouthed, um, a, a, a double-mouthed as, as in a river. So we could say that God's word, when it comes to us, it's intended to be said twice. Once from God, once from us for it to accomplish all that he wants us to do. How about, how about we, 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 we say, Lord... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repent. I'm going to turn from a way of thinking. I'm going to get my beliefs right. And even as a prophetic word came today, I'm going to get my faith out and dust it down. I'm going to begin to speak your word. Can we have the worship team up? And, and, and I just want us to sing a song. But sing it as though we mean it. And perhaps we could sing that, you know, just a song about confessing the weak, saying they're strong. And... Uh, uh, and, we're just gonna, and if you really want to, you know, I just believe everybody will want to do this. So I'm not saying come out to the front because it would be too crowded. But I just believe, you know, stand. But if you don't want to do it, stay seated. That's fine. But I want, us to, I want us to respond to God in a meaningful way. Do you get where I'm coming from? I don't want it to be just we stand and sing a song. I want this to be a standing and a commitment to saying to God, Lord, I want to. I give myself to, to put in aside negative speech, negative talk. I'm going to agree. I'm going to confess. I'm going to agree. Put my living voice with your living voice and I'm going to speak the word of God over myself. Why don't we just stand and just sing that song together now? Um,
And I'm going to pray and we'll finish after that.